Matt Duchesne's first comments as a Dallas star raising some eyebrows among Preds fans, plus the Nashville Predators linked to defenseman Brett Pesci. What would that deal look like? We'll talk about that today on the Locked On Predators podcast. Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. TGIF, folks. Welcome to a Friday edition of the Locked On Predators podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We appreciate you guys making us your first listen of the day. And as always, a shout out to the loyal Locked On Predheads out there, the everydayers who tune into every single show. We love you guys and we appreciate the support you guys give us each and every week. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer at Penalty Box Radio, and I have a partner in crime. You do. I'm Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer at InsideThePreds.com. And it kind of feels like these last uh, two weeks have gone by, uh, like, within a... Dragged out for, like, three months at this point. It's like hockey dog years between the draft and development camp and everything that Barry Trotz is doing. It is hockey dog years, my friends. And you know what? The Predators may not even be done yet. No, uh, well, we've got some word today that they still might be kicking the tires on uh, some pieces. We'll talk about that coming up in just a little bit. Let's start, though, uh, with some comments that some Preds fans are kind of debating going back and forth with. And that is Mr. Matt Duchesne, a.k.a. former Predator Matt Duchesne, uh, now with the Dallas Stars. His first comments on um you know as a member of the dallas stars oh um you know i'll I'll just say this and what do you make of the matt duchene comments with the dallas stars yeah you know what i think that i get why there is a lot of um conversation about them because i think the clip that was posted online the quote that was posted online Matt Duchesne saying, you know, I haven't had too many opportunities to win in my career. That's something that's frustrated me. And I think people in just that little clip can really sort of feel like that's some sort of a backhanded comment about the Nashville Predators. And I think you've seen some Predators fans like, hey, Matt, like, you know, having some sort of a a comment back. I do think context is key. As with everything in life, my friends, context is key. On the surface, these comments are a little bit tough to swallow. But I think when you look at the context in which this conversation happened, and honestly, when you look at the cold, hard facts about Matt Duchesne's career, I think everybody can just sort of take a deep breath and, and maybe not prepare to Ryan Suter him out of Bridgestone Arena in December. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. Like that's that that's the thing. And that's I'm I'm with you. I, I don't see this as a big deal. No, I think that's just what I'm saying. It's like, you know, he, he hasn't had the, you know, the opportunity to win. It's been frustrating. Yeah. Like he's, he's not wrong. I mean, look, it's uh, like you, you look at that. He has, let me do some counting here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 
10, 10 of his seasons in the NHL, he wasn't in the playoffs. Yeah. Only one time in his entire career. And that was in uh, 2019 with the Blue Jackets. Has he gotten past the second round of the playoffs? Yes. Like he's been on bad teams and like it's, you know, I don't hold it against him for bringing that up in an interview with a team that a lot of people think might be a cup contender. Right. This year, like he's right. excited to play for, you know, be kind of a support piece on a team that might make a might make a cup run like that's fine for him to say. I don't fault him in any sort of way for, you know, making an astute like, you know, an astute observation. Like, yeah, right. a lot of the teams I've been on haven't been successful. Now I'm kind of happy to be on a team that's successful. Right. And if you look at, like you said, the teams that he has played on, they were not playoff contention teams. Um, And and we can talk about his time in Nashville here in a minute. But you look at where the Nashville Predators were headed even next season had Matt Duchesne stayed. Barry Trotz has been very upfront. This may not be a playoff contention team next season. You got to be patient. We're in a reset. So Matt Duchesne is now with the Dallas Stars team that is in a win-now mode. Of course, one of the highlights of this move for Matt Duchesne is going to be, oh my gosh, I may have an opportunity to make an impact in the postseason and be successful. And I could even be on a team that could make a cup run. Of all of the things that are happening in Matt Duchesne's career right now, that's the biggest. Of course, that's going to be the thing that he comments on. And I think with this whole Duchesne situation, with the comments that Barry Trotz made in the press conference about the buyout, and then you look at what Matt Duchesne is saying here, I think this is a lot like hanging out in a middle school girl's bathroom. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? You're going to hear some things, but what you do with them is going to determine just how big a deal they are, you know? When you look at Barry Trotz's comments in context, he talked about bringing in Ryan O'Reilly as a serial winner. Some people are like, ooh, backhand to Matt Duchesne, not a serial winner. Well, first of all, Matt Duchesne has not had opportunities to be a serial winner in the playoffs. Um, That's just also another fact. And and I think that's more about Ryan O'Reilly than Matt Duchesne. Matt Duchesne's comments here, I don't necessarily think are a backhand comment about the Nashville Predators. You know, and in this interview, he talked about the Nashville Predators, talked about how he was heartbroken about this, how hard it was to feel like he wasn't wanted, you know, here on this team. So don't take too much. Like, let's not go middle school with this, y'all. Everybody breathe. Everybody breathe. Yeah. Like, if you're going to, like, be mad at Duchesne for making those comments, like, on the other hand, should Matt Duchesne be mad about the Barry Trotz comments where it's like, we don't want people who want to retire here. We want people who want to win that came what right. just, you know, a day after Matt Duchesne talked about how he was hoping to retire in Nashville. Everybody's like, Ooh, mic drop. Ooh, like the Preds tweeted out those comments and we're like, Barry Trotz knows what's up. Like should, should we take that as a backhanded thing at Matt Duchesne? Yeah. Or should we talk about more as just like a celebration of what the Preds have now? Like that's right. probably the same way with the Duchesne comments. Like he's finally on a contender. Let like them it's like his, Yeah, and the and it's funny because the people mad about this are the people that are like the Preds should have been rebuilding. Like, you know. Yeah. Uh, for for me, it's all it's much ado about nothing, Anne. Yes. 
I would agree. And I'm surprised by the people whose comment was, well, Matt Duchesne, what's the common denominator? And I'm like, y'all, you can't say that Matt Duchesne has not been a postseason winner because Matt Duchesne has sucked. Matt Duchesne hasn't hardly made it to the postseason. And you look back when the Predators were in the postseason in 21-22, he had that career season. Now, Preds were swept by the eventual cup winner. I feel like I always have to say eventual cup winner to save face. Colorado Avalanche. But Duchesne in those four games had three goals, one assist. So it's not like he sucked in the postseason. You know, he was when he the only the person on the Predators roster that was playing pretty well that postseason. Yeah. So I think, you know what, Liz, let's not. I mean, we could, but let's not with this whole thing. Like, let's let's let Matt Duchesne be excited about being on a team that could be a cup contender right now at this point in his career. And and let's let's just leave the pot alone. It will simmer all on its own. There is no need, my friends, to stir it. Yeah. I 100% agree with you. I think this is something blown way out of proportion. Uh, let's get to some other things that maybe have a bit more tangible value to it. And that's the Predators making more moves, specifically linked to a trade for Carolina defenseman Brett Pesci. We'll talk about what that trade might look like and what the experts say the Preds might get in addition to Pesci for making that trade. Coming up in just a second, but first, I want to mention today's episode brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Baseball is in full swing because swing is a bat metaphor. Get it? Do you get it, Anne? I get it. Yeah. Well, anyway, it's a good time to go on FanDuel. And that's because right now you get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets, up to $200. So all you need to do is bet 20 bucks, and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200 you can spend on betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to get the first home run of the game you're betting on. And you can do it all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, the best part about FanDuel, once you win, you get your payout instantly. There's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get up to $200 in bonus bets. Again, FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. FanDuel official partner of Major League Baseball and official betting partner of the Lockdown Podcast Network. All right, Ann, let's get to some trade rumors, shall we? The Predators uh, already have 47 defensemen on the roster for next year. Uh, now they might add a... F- right shots. Yeah, now they might add a 48. Uh, the Predators reportedly linked to Brett Pesci, a pretty good... Uh, second pair defenseman with the Carolina mm-hmm. Hurricanes can also drop down to the third pair. Uh, Canes are trying to move him for salary cap reasons uh, because they have brought in uh, Dmitry Orloff. They are trying to bring in Tony D'Angelo and also rumored uh, to be in on Eric Carlson. Yeah. So they're trying to clear up some salary. Uh, and according to David Pagnotta, the Canes may be willing to send a first round pick to the Nashville Predators to make this uh, salary situation work a little bit, which if you recall, 
is the kind of deals that Barry Trot said, hey, that's the kind of deal I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, Anne, what do you think about this Pesci to Nashville connection? I go back and forth on this one. I just did an article at um, InsideThePreds.com on this, and I kind of framed it like a Fiddler on the Roof. There's a song in Fiddler on the Roof where Tevia says, on one hand, but on the other hand, but on the other hand, but on the other hand. And you can go back and forth with this Pesci move in a number of ways when it comes to natural predators. So I've got feelings on both sides of the fence, but let me tell you the thing that made me go, oh, is hearing that perhaps there's a first round pick that would come with Pesci. And I think now, now friends, now I'm more on one hand than the other hand, but it's an interesting, this is an interesting move potential on a number of levels. And I can't, I can't quite flesh out what would happen if the predators brought in Pesci. I can't quite figure out how it's all, how it would all sort out. But I agree with you. I think when you're talking, hey, Brett Pesci and maybe a first round pick, Barry Trotz is going to be watching his phone. Yeah. I mean, and here's the thing. I know a lot of people are like, you already have all these defensemen. Like, what are you trying to get another one for? But at the same time, like, you still need to upgrade your defense. You know, and like you shouldn't just just because your roster is full doesn't mean you should keep, you know, pass up on opportunities to try to upgrade. And, you know, with all due respect to somebody like Dante Fabro, like Brett Pesci is better than Dante Fabro. Right. He is better right handed defenseman, probably more along the lines of what the Preds want to do long term. Um, He's probably, you know, Alexander Carey is a wild card. Mm -hmm. He's probably, you know. And that's the other thing is he's got one year left on his deal also. So, Hey, like the predators are out of it. Come playoff time. You have Brett Pesci who might be a good deadline rental. So you might get a first round pick for taking on a salary and you might also get something else for a contender at the deadline who you want to trade with. Um, You know, and yeah, that's, that's the thing. Like I'm, I get that there's this whole, you know, thing. It's like, what are the predators doing? They have all these defensemen. Why they don't need Pesci? Like what you know? They have all these guys. Brett Pesci, I think, makes that blue line better. Like he is yes. a better addition to the blue mm-hmm. line. And let's face it, the defense sucked last year. And this is an opportunity to improve the defense here. Yeah. yeah, I agree with you. And it is a little bit hard to do this. You a full roster of defensemen does not necessarily mean the best roster for defensemen. It's interesting though, where I kind of, the hitch and the giddy up for me is you look at players like Fabro and Carrier. And I feel like those two guys are in, are in a prove it season, you know, Carrier one year deal, Fabro two year deal. The predators have to know what they have in these guys within this very short window. And if you bring in Brett Pesci, does that limit their chances to show what they have going forward for the Predators if it comes time for another contract? And so you wonder about that. Even if Pesci's only here for a year, how much is that going to affect what the Predators end up long-term doing with Carrier and Fabro? So I think that it gets a little bit complicated, but I agree with you. Let's face it, this defense is not as good as it needs to be. And well, you 
got Roman Yossi, you've got, you know, somebody that you could build a, a solid defense around. It's hard to pass up the opportunity to do that. And also, you can also move people out. And Who would you move out? That's the other thing. Well, first off, you have like five right shot defensemen at this point. <laughs> so there's one. You know, the fact that we haven't heard a lot about Tyson Berry makes me think that the Preds may be using him more as a trade piece at this point. Mm-hmm. rather than just, you know, a piece of the puzzle who's playing, which is fine because, hey, there were some rumors at the deadline last year that the Preds might immediately flip Tyson yeah. Berry. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it seems like that's somebody who's going to get a pretty decent return, especially if there's a team who really needs some top four defenseman help. Maybe they give you a star offensive prospect in return you know, or at least a pretty decent offense prospect, or maybe like a good bottom six forward. That's like a younger guy you can build around, you know, more of a long-term piece. Um, You know, also the other question is what is now that Duchesne is gone and now that uh, Johansson is gone, what do you look at as the worst contract on that Predators roster? I'm sorry, Ann. Don't but, say it. But three years left at Ryan McDonough for just under $7 million. Is that a kind of something that Barry Trotz is going to be okay with? Or is that something that he's going to try to maneuver off the books to clear mm-hmm. up some cap space? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's an opportunity. And look what Vegas did, you know, for the last three or four years. They would bring in guys as free agents. You know, they would bring in guys as trades. They would be there for like a, like less than a year. And by the trade deadline, if they were like, you know, just so-so, it's like, okay, this guy's on the block again. Like, yeah. okay, we're trading this guy. Yeah. Like, you know, it's a little bit like it's a little bit cutthroat. And that maybe that's what Barry Trotz needs to be here is, you know what? Yeah, we just re-signed Dante Fabro, but also – we're not really high on Dante Fabro. So mm-hmm. maybe just as that ink dries on the contract, maybe we move him. Yeah. Or, you know, Alexander Kirby, we got his RFA situation locked up. He's here for one more year. But at the same time, is there somebody to pay for one year of Alexander Carrier? Right. Or, you know, Jeremy Lazan, that, that four year, I think he's got three years yeah. remaining on that deal. Like, is he a Barry Trotz guy or is he going to try to get moved? Yeah. The other thing I think you have to factor into when you look at this Brett Pesci move is are the Predators looking at him for just this year to see how it goes? And then what? Because this is a guy who is going to want a contract with some serious term. And the thing to kind of keep in the back of your mind is the Predators have some young defensemen like Spencer Stasny, who you know I'm high on. But also now let's talk about Tanner Molendyke. Now, young kid, certainly not ready for the NHL yet. But in three seasons from now, is this a guy that you're going to want to slot in your lineup and is there going to be room for him if you have somebody with a long term that you, you know, if they go ahead and sign Brett Pesci to term? So I think there's a lot of factors. I like looking at it in the context of this season. You know, what happens this season um, and, and go from there? I get a little twitchy when, you know, you think, OK, are the Predators going to make a move for him and then sign him to something long term right away? That's where I start getting a little twitchy. Yeah. 
But at the same time, and we've had this conversation in goal as well with, you know, Askarov versus Saros, like all the people mm -hmm. that are like, you can afford to trade Saros because you have Askarov. You don't want to bet on prospects until you know that they're ready to go. Mm -hmm. Like you don't want to bet big before you have the cards in your hand. Right. Like you want to bet on the cards that you have. So, you know, of course, like the Predators want Tanner Molendyke in the lineup in three years. Is he going to be ready? You know, it, or is he going to be, you know, the next Jonathan Blum? No disrespect to Jonathan Blum, <laughs> but like, yeah, but, but like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, know, you don't want to bet big before you're 100% sure on what you have. So why not just you know, try to get your defense a little better next year. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, you know, this defense is a smidge better. Like this is a playoff team. And I know a lot of people are groaning at that. Like a lot of people are saying, no, 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 no. We should be tanking. Like we should be collecting, you know, top 10 picks and this and that. If you can get a team led keyword led, by guys like Cody Glass and Phil Tomasino and Luke Evangelista playing big, meaningful roles. That's a win. That is True. an absolute win if those guys can be good enough to carry your team in the playoffs. And yes, they might need some help from UC Saros in the back end too, but that's still going to be good for them. That's going to be good for the development to get into an NHL postseason and have a chance to win a series. So that's that's to me like, you know, Let's just try to make this team a little bit better, both in the short term and, you know, with some flexibility to do in the long term, which Pesci's a free agent after this year. So there's still a lot of flexibility. Mm -hmm. um, and let's just, you know, kind of play it year by year and help these younger guys develop into bigger roles. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. You know, Barry Trotz is going to do something when you and I are, are busy this weekend. So everybody buckle up. Buckle up. Who knows what Trotz is going to do next? It is a mystery. As is, you know, Barry Trotz in general in the offseason. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, let's talk, Anne, about the prospects camp. Uh, last night was, or yesterday, I should say, was the Future Stars game. Camp is now in the books. And, you know, just from, you know, the first glances and glances of the game I saw, Anne, Prince got to be pretty happy with uh, what they have in this camp. Yeah, I thought this was a really great camp. It was very different in the sense that the Milwaukee guys were not there. So it really was very focused on these younger guys coming in, these junior players, these new draftees. And I think in a lot of ways, it may be more beneficial to the younger guys because I think it was absolutely tailor-made to where they are. So I really liked this camp. I will tell you, I was very, very impressed with a lot of these new draft picks that came in. I know there were a couple of draft picks Nashville made this year that people were like, really? But look, I, I think what we saw from Matthew Wood all camp long, and especially yesterday in the Future Stars game, he had a goal and an assist and just showed why he was the Predators' first pick in the draft. And even Tanner Molendyke had another great game. So I think it was really an encouraging week overall for 
all of the players that were there, the new guys and some of the guys you're looking at Luke Prokop, you're looking at Jack Matier, who are probably going to be moving into Milwaukee. I think you got a, a really good look at what the Predators have a little further down in the pipeline. And friends, it is very encouraging. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, and you got to be encouraged with the fact that Matthew Wood scored the game-winning goal. Uh, he he looked very sharp. Um, you look at some of the older players, like, you know, Zachary LaRue looked very impressive. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is this is a chance for him. We'll probably see him in Milwaukee mm-hmm. this year. Um, so, you know, you're, you're looking at a lot of guys that the Preds are placing a lot of capital in. And, you know, they stood up to the challenge. I love the the opportunity we had to talk with Scott Nichol. And he spent some time talking about Zachary LaRue. And, you know, for those who have kind of followed his season this season, he had a little bit of a roller coaster season, you know, off of the ice. Again, this is a guy who is not terribly unfamiliar with suspensions and, you know, had an incident this season where he ended up suspended. And so Scott Nickel kind of talked about that and talked about like his game prior to that suspension, he was chawing along so well with the Halifax Mooseheads. And then the suspension happened and he kind of, it was a little bit harder for him to get back into his game after he came back from that. But Scott Nickel had a really great point when you're looking at a player like Zachary LaRue and you saw this some in the future stars game. This is a young man who's ready to play against men. This is a player who is ready to play in Milwaukee, in the AHL, who needs his game to go to that next level. And so that's a player that I really think Nashville Predators fans need to keep their eye on in Milwaukee. I'm not necessarily saying we're going to see him up in Nashville this season, but this is a player who is absolutely ready for the next step. And I think with that with kind of the opportunity for more challenges in the AHL, I think you're going to see some more maturity, some more growth from him. And I'm excited about Zachary LaRue. Now, you know, the mom in me is like, look, can't we all just get along and let's not get in trouble. But I really think it's going to be a great opportunity for him. I'm very excited to see what he is going to do at this next level. And I think it's going to really be a growing opportunity for him. Yeah. Uh, and if the Preds could get him into, you know, the Milwaukee and maybe if he has a good camp and, you know, we've talked about that top nine in Nashville, mm-hmm. there's a, there's an opportunity where you could see like Zachary LaRue as maybe a bottom line guy this yeah. year, you know, playing alongside somebody like Colton Sissons, giving the Preds that kind of element that they lost when Tanner Janot left. Yeah. Uh, so it is going to be an interesting camp. Uh, for some of these guys, because I really do think Barry Trotz is coming into this with a clean slate and and Andrew Burnett as well. Um, You know, there's, you know, a lot of guys coming back, you know, we had like new contracts for Michael McCarron and, uh, you know, Cole Smith and some of these, you know, Kiefer Sherwood. But, you know, I and I really think that's just going to give the Predators that are here, you know, a blank slate. Yeah. Barry Trotz and Andrew Burnett are going to get a chance to kind of see what they have and who knows like some of these players that we've just penciled in on Milwaukee maybe they do make a strong impression and maybe they challenge for an actual NHL spot yeah so it is going to be interesting uh to see for camp too and you know we also talk you look at cap friendly you know and even if the Preds get somebody like Brett Pesci you know all mm-hmm. these contracts that they have signed 
you know, for some of the people that have been on the roster the past few years, they're for one, one year deals. Yes. There is a lot of empty roster spots after this coming season. So this really does feel like I, I compare it to like, you know, that the, the first couple weeks of like master chef or American idol, where it's just the auditions Yes. and you know, everybody, yeah, people are waiting in line and cheering and stuff like that. You're just trying to impress the judges to get into the actual competition. That kind of feels like what this is. Like, it yeah. just seems like there's a lot of people that the Preds really aren't sure what they have in that are just going to kind of be auditioning mm -hmm. for a, a piece of, or a role, I should say, in the Predators' long-term picture. Yeah, and I love the fact that Andrew Brunette is coming in with fresh eyes to look at this because this is a whole new chapter for the Nashville Predators in a lot of ways. And I think it will be very helpful to have somebody come in with fresh eyes and look at players who have kind of had up and down times, like we talked about Phil Tomasino and Cody Glass, some of these players who have kind of not really found sort of their landing spot as easily under John Hines. Let's see what Andrew Brunette is looking for. Let's see what these players bring in this new season. I think it's going to be a very, very interesting training camp for Nashville. Yeah. It's going to be interesting for sure. And that's going to be the next uh, big thing for the yeah. National Predators is training camp. Uh, so we will have to stay tuned and see what this roster even looks like going into training camp. It could be anyone's guess. Uh, Anne, where can people find your work? You can find my work online at InsideThePreds.com. You can find me on Twitter at K underscore Mama on Ice. You can find me at PenlyBoxRadio.com. Uh, on Twitter at underscore NS Morgan or on threads. Cause again, why not pitch threads at this point at NS Morgan? That's going to do it for us on this week's edition of the locked on predators podcast. Thank you as always for making us your first listen of the day. We'll be back with new episodes next week. Y'all we'll see you then.